0: Hey there, it's your host, Eric, from The Machine of Nonsense. Before we get to the bracket of nonsense, I just wanted to let everyone know this will be a spoiler-heavy discussion. We can't really describe these characters in full without you know kind of really going into spoiler territory given big plot points of the various games movies and tv shows that they are a part of so if you're afraid of spoilers i would just recommend maybe skipping forward when a particular character is being talked about just in case you know if you really care about that character uh and you really care about spoilers so just wanted to warn you guys and on to the episode Hey there! It's the Machine of Nonsense, episode 40! The Big 4-0, we've made it! And it's not just episode 40, it is the last episode of round one of the Bracket of Nonsense! We're doing the rust Coal Bracket! I'm your host, Eric, joined as always by Kayla! Hey! And we got Ryan! Hey, hello! Tomas! How's it going? And Mike.
1: My vote is for Rust. Oh,
2: geez.
0: (laughs) Mike is coming out (laughs) swinging. Oh, boy. Swinging on him. So this is the Rust-Cole bracket. We have eight matchups today. Uh, We're starting off strong with Rust-Cole versus Kirby. Everyone's favorite. So (laughs) Rust-Cole... From True Detective, season one, and Kirby from uh, the Dreamland uh, of Dreamland fame. Oh yeah. So, uh, Rust Cole was a double up. Um, Mike already has said that he's <laughs> he's picking Rust Cole. Um, I also picked Rust Cole uh, in the initial uh, draft of of the uh, the bracket. What can I say? Um, this was knee-deep in the Uh <laughs> Matthew McConaughey has, just does a, a tour-de-force performance as this burnt-out detective. It's set in multiple different time periods, so you get to see him as something of a bright-eyed younger man earlier uh, in his life, and you also get to see him... Uh, as just a complete burnout later on, uh, you know, dealing with all the demons of of a case that has lasted for something like twenty years. Um, and if you haven't seen True Detective season one, just just go. I mean, the back and forth between between Rust and his partner, uh, played by um, Woody Harrelson, gosh, I almost forgot Woody's name. It's just wonderful. Forest. It's just so good, back and forth. And um, Woody could have easily been on on this uh, as well, but um, Russ just uh, left a piece of himself in in my heart. What did you have to say for him, Mike?
1: No, you're. I you said it very well. Uh, Rust, he just gives off this haunted uh, performance, but also part like philosophizer. <laughs> like in,
3: yeah,
2: he's
3: yeah. Some of those lines hit deep, man.
2: Yeah, yeah. And he just
1: the the way he he goes about this case and and winds up uh, spoiler alert solving it it's uh, <laughs> well, just man. a hell of a ride. I, <laughs> I, I left True Detective thinking, man, Rust is one of the best characters I've ever ever seen on. Movies, TV, any anything. Love him.
0: Mm. So we're not going to let Tomas stick up for Kirby. Who wants to stick up for Kirby? No, Tomas, this was your pick, Kirby. Uh, what can you uh, say for our uh, pink man? Or pink, uh, is he a man? I don't know.
4: He's a thing. Uh, I feel like a lot of these early matchups were just, like <laughs> just doomed for failure, but... Well, I came in saying that, like, I had an argument for Kirby. Uh, my only argument is that Kirby can technically just eat rust coal and then become him.
2: So. He
3: <laughs> <laughs> can just be rust Cole.
4: Man, so. that'd
1: be a depressing Kirby. Uh,
3: <laughs>
1: Kirby with a six pack. <laughs> yeah, he... in a
4: ponytail super sexy flexy Kirby <laughs> I like it
0: I think, I think there's a meme like that like what what superpower would Kirby get if he uh, absorbed you and someone just put oh, depression, just like, depression. <laughs> <laughs> if he uh, if he grabbed Russ Cole, Kirby's uh, just a
4: fun character he's lighthearted he's you know destroyer of worlds yet he's like the cutest thing on the planet and I don't know man it's just he's for something so simple, like it's literally like a few circles put together with a, you know, pink backdrop. Lush. Yeah. Uh he's adorable. Um he's just a very happy character. I've I've been playing Kirby since I was like a little kid. Uh like immediately just drawn to the simplicity of the character and just the idea that like you know, it's I don't know, man, it's cute. I like cute shit. <laughs> like the fact that like you know he's he's stuck around. Uh, he's pretty much the main character of the Smash Brothers series. <laughs> and, uh, but you know, it's like like I said, these these matchups are kind of like doo doo. <laughs> so, I love Kirby, but I knew this was gonna be this is gonna be a yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Oh boy. It's a it's a favorite character bracket. So I'll you know all of mine yeah. come from the heart. Some of them are nostalgic. Some of them are nonsensical.
4: Oh yeah, like I, I still go back and I play Kirby Superstar at least like once a year. So he's just one of my favorite characters.
3: He's a yeah. good pick in Super Smash Brothers, right? Not that I ever played,
0: but I, I mean I did. enjoy using him. <laughs> I wouldn't he's say little, it's like top little, tier, but back on
2: there, <laughs> all right.
0: He's the only one who survived Kazuya in the new trailer. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I forgot Kazuya was in there. <laughs> they both took on kings. You know, King Day 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 and the King in Yellow. So. Um, there you go. I think there's a lot of. I think these are uh, closer uh, characters than I think we <laughs> we uh, <laughs> make it sound. Identical. Those Rus- are Kirby.
5: You're Twins. Right. <laughs> for
1: okay. Russ Cole, uh,
3: just one quick little thing that I want to say about him is it is Matthew McConaughey's best yeah. performance. um, it, And it's it's like still so McConaughey, like his mannerisms, the, the way he looks at you all weird is just deeply, deeply McConaughey, but is very interesting and intriguing. And like he does have these philosophical lines that are just like damn. He's right, and they're fucking sad. They're terrible, terrible, realistic things about the world that are just like, damn. damn.
1: He's very nihilistic. Uh, You know, he's got a certain viewpoint of the world, and uh, he's right.
0: Go watch it. I've used "time as a flat circle" like forty times in forty episodes of this pod. So (laughs) you know where my vote is. So. I think we're going Rust, yes.
4: I mean I just gotta yeah. vote for Kirby by proxy, but yeah. I'm sorry. Destroy <laughs> of worlds
5: he may be, but he'll always be forever in our hearts. He's not Absolutely. I don't think he'll uh Yep, yeah,
0: it's Rust. Oh Kirby. You, you you got a bad draw, my friend. So okay. Rust Cole over like Kirby. <laughs> <laughs> tough, tough draw. Here's a all fun right. One. It was the next one is super fun because we have The alien killer, Ripley, versus the literal alien, Erdnot Rex. Uh, (laughs) So, uh, Ellen Ripley from the Alien, Aliens, Prometheus, etc. universe, uh, and Erdnot Rex from the Mass Effect universe. Uh, Gosh, was Ellen mine? Ellen was mine, wasn't she? Yeah, I think that's you. Uh, That's like your
4: favorite movie that you watched when you were like five years old or something. I (laughs) love Aliens. I shouldn't have
0: watched it as a kid. Uh, It's the reason I am who I am. Um, But uh, so Ellen may be the most badass woman uh, who's ever lived. Uh, She is, she came from kind of nothing. She was like a... uh, I think it's the term is like a warrant officer on a um, basically like a, a cargo ship, um, and just so happen to have the bad luck of running into a an alien being, the xenomorphs, and uh, is the lone survivor from her crew because she uses her her smarts and her just out and out bravery to survive at all costs, uh, and then yeah, and then decides to. Uh, go back out into space because she wants to protect other people from she's now the alien expert and she wants to get back out there and <laughs> and help others um, because she's been really traumatized by the event and um, wants to do what she can. Of course, tragedy strikes again and uh, she's thrown into uh, an even worse situation, even more aliens uh, and just it's out an of sheer... <laughs> Will, she teaches herself how to use a gun, uh, she just becomes the ultimate alien killer and takes down most of the threat, um, and uh, and continues to do so in the movies that aren't as good three and four, uh, yeah, but she's really already made them? her legacy at that point. And um, if if you're willing to go as far as Alien Four, she gets resurrected as a human alien hybrid and become has like super strength and stuff. Elle, Ellen Ripley's just she's just a badass in every way, shape, and form. It goes a little off the rails after the Aliens, but... the movies aren't great. That, you know? The world They'll is do. really cool. <laughs> true, true that. I got a soft spot for Alien Three in my heart as well. So. Oh, uh, yeah, same, same. Uh, Erdnott was Mike and Aaron, right? Yep, yep.
1: Uh, Rex is one of the first crew members you you meet in Mass Effect. He is a Krogan, which are like a uh, they're similar to the Xenomorphs. They're kind of just. Bred for war and for for combat, and uh, Rex is kind of he sees that that is a way. Uh, it's just destroying his whole race, and that they need to uh, kind of change how they are. And he eventually, uh, with the help of Commander Shepard, uh, becomes like the leader of the krogan's and eventually tries to uh stop their annihilation in multiple ways because there's the there's a disease that uh has been spread throughout the krogan species called the genophage which has basically stopped them from being able to reproduce i think it's like one in ten thousand births are are successful or something like that and uh uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Uh, <laughs> Rex, uh, is extremely, he's like the type of, uh, crew member that is, like, the loyal, uh, brooding badass, and you want to, uh, I love in, when, uh, in a game where you want to gain that, that crew member's respect, and you want to, him to be by your side, and when you get that from Rex, you peel back these layers uh, uh, it's just really rewarding, and he sticks with you uh, throughout the whole trilogy. Uh, not always as playable character, but he's always around, and he's just great.
4: Uh, I could totally relate to what you said, Mike. With the like, you want him on your good side. Like you want to like put in an effort to like make him like respect you, <laughs> and like it's like Rex rolled with me, like. All through my space journey, But yeah. <laughs> so, like, he was, he was like my mainstay. Uh, yeah, like and like, and they gave you some hard decisions to make too with him. Like and like, just like the idea that like sometimes you know, like there's a the point where like you're like holding them up by like gunpoint, like to like calm them down. Uh, I think it was about like how they're, uh, whatever the I forget what they are the the bad the big bads. Or something where, like making some kind of like cure for the disease and and he was like, Well shit, that could save my people. And then like yeah. as chef, you gotta like take the high road, but you still don't want to like knock your boy down. And I was like, What do I do? I don't want to shoot my boy. <laughs> like,
1: right, you can lose him in that moment. Yeah. It's 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 tough. Yeah.
0: That's what I was just gonna ask. Like, can can he die in that scene? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. Correct. Okay. Good. Yeah. I made the right choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Same here. But yeah, no, it was.
4: uh, I I really enjoyed his character. Uh, I like both of these characters. Uh, The thing that's like really like leaning me more towards uh, Rex is like Alien 3 and 4. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Yeah,
4: Yeah, 4 was woof.
2: (laughs)
1: Yeah, um, Rex was always my. My favorite, because you know, you go back to your ship in between missions or whatever, and you can have conversations with your crewmates. And I, Rex, was always the one, and at least in Mass Effect One, where I, I wanted to go talk to him and see what he had to say, see if he agreed with my decisions. He was like a, a compass for me in that game. I, w- I never wanted to upset Rex.
4: <laughs> Absolutely, you. He was the true shepherd in that game. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and he's just a tank in in combat and and just
0: like an unstoppable force.
4: Yeah, my boy.
0: He's certainly a badass, and...
3: I just feel like we did not have that much interaction with Rex.
4: You guys played the game wrong.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess we didn't. I mean...
0: Yeah, I tried to be very uh, you know, while we we're at least one in two so far, um tried to be very like equal with, with who I bring out on on missions and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So that might, you know, be a, a part of it. And and I was gonna say that as far as um any character from Mass Effect, it's such a a decision based game. Like you said, you could just murder him fairly early on in the in the epic and uh and then that's the end of Rex. I don't know. Yeah.
4: I like, I like that the game gives you those options, too, though. You know, it's like...
0: That's what makes it good,
4: right? Those choices yeah. you make. Choices in the game. Like, yeah. Right. I mean, they don't necessarily, like, affect the story, like, terribly too much from, like, the main thing. But, like, it definitely affects your gameplay. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I think the Krogan are such a cool like race. Just their whole whole backstory, like Mike mentioned, with the Genophage, the disease where they can't uh, reproduce, and and just the fact that like they're so war. stuck. Yeah, they're stuck in their ways. They just have like this culture of war and tribalism and everything else. And um, the fact that anyone is has the will to stand up to that, uh, such as or not Rex, uh, is is a big deal um breaking a cycle, bro. But you know, um Ellen breaks a cycle of uh patriarchy. So, there Ooh. you go. All the dudes, they they said, "No, no, no, Ellen, we uh we know better. We know how to take on these aliens." And she said, "No, no, no, I do."
4: <laughs> <Is that> <laughs> verbatim.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've seen the movie a lot. Uh so I I know it by heart. Um The
1: yeah. the scene in Aliens, the elevator scene before the, fin- the finale, the great fight at the end, mm-hmm. where it's like, she can't just be, she can't be the same Ripley she's been this whole time, and she's just got to become a s- badass, basically. Like a badass and motherfucker. Ride. And it's it's such a great scene. I After watching that, I was like, yeah, Ellen, Ellen's, a, the she's great. And just a, a blueprint for... Female characters to come afterwards, uh, you know, whether it's from Metroid or,
5: you know, your Laura Crofts or whatever. especially in action, particularly right. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was there was great female roles, but not so much in the action aspect. That was kind of like, yeah. you know, sort of a bubble in that time frame in the eighties, right? We know that was uh, yeah. well, yeah, eighties, right? So super yeah no ellen's Ellen's always such a fucking badass the kid i love seeing her going against the fucking alien queen every time i'd never ever you know turn away from that scene whenever i watch it It is fantastic
0: yeah you mentioned like the elevator scene and everything else my Mm. my favorite scenes in any action movie is always the load up scene like (laughs) oh yeah the, the the yeah the hero is is going to load up. They're going to go to the locker and grab all the guns, and that's exactly what she does. She go. does the cool-ass thing where she uses just, like, black electrical tape, tapes up the guns together. She's got the flamethrower. She's got the yeah. assault rifle, the, the pulse rifle. Sorry uh, for all you alien heads out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just it's so cool. She's got like she straps some some bombs on her and everything else. It's just like man, that's that's as cool as any Arnold Schwarzenegger thing ever. Oh god, yeah.
5: Awesome badass.
3: And she's got good heart too. Like mm-hmm. man, she got to take care of that kitten. She got to take <laughs> care of that that sure. little kid. Like she she truly is like a just a good human who has to make I wouldn't necessarily call them tough decisions, but she just Cuts to it and makes those decisions like she just knows.
0: There's uh, like a whole backstory that was kind of cut, or at least a, a scene that was cut in in Aliens where she actually like finds out about her daughter because like she she was in cryo sleep for a long time. Her her daughter died of old age because she was you know her her you know uh, Ellen was just asleep for for such a long time and and they don't really delve into it too much, but like you have to assume that that's the case. You know, she just, like, everyone she's ever known has has died because she's told that, like, oh, yeah, you've been asleep for 100 years or whatever else. So just on that, you know, she's got a, a, a tragic backstory, re- yeah. regardless of all the actual <laughs> shit that happens. Yeah, well,
1: Rex's story to- <laughs> <He's> is... <kissed> a- <laughs> See his whole race, like... Just Damn. slaughter each other and just used by uh, the. They were pr- pretty much a weapon. Yeah, uh, that the galaxy used, and then once that weapon became too much, is when when uh, you know no they had to implant disease uh, into into them. Both both characters have great armor by the way, get the power loader <laughs> Rex is cool. Cool ass armor His tribe armor. Yeah,
0: man, that's a good, that's a good call. <laughs> I love Rex's armor and, and I mean, the power loaders, one of the coolest things ever. Uh, it man. is.
4: It is. Yeah. That's such a great scene. <laughs>
0: wow. Guys, this is, this is tough. This is that's, a tough one. Tough decision. Yeah. It's a good one. It was going I'm going to say, my favorite, I'm gonna stick with Ripley just because that's who I, I brought to the dance. You know, you gotta stick with who you bring to the dance. Absolutely. Didn't Sexy Rex,
4: <laughs> Sexy Rex.
1: But it's close. It's it's very
2: close. Ripley. <laughs> yeah. Wow.
4: <laughs> you guys, guys. got me all in my jumblies. I was leaning towards One Direction, but who? I'm 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 gonna go with Rex. Uh, Ooh, maybe Ryan. Maybe...
0: Yeah, was, Ryan was... gets to be the deciding vote. I'm sorry,
5: I think. I think Ripley has to kill another alien for this Ooh. one Ooh, okay a <laughs> okay,
2: okay. Yeah,
0: big big like fan
5: that. of Ripley. it's a very hard call though Rex is a fantastic I character.
2: I
4: don't feel any love loss on this one I, I feel like this was a very like, this is probably like the closest match
0: yeah. i one. I think
5: if Aaron and uh Josh are here, it might be going a different way, but yeah, but
0: oh, I think you're are. right, I think you might be right, yeah um. <laughs> That sets up Shepherd.
3: Yeah, please, right here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that sets up quite the matchup uh in, in round two. So um Ripley it... over Rex uh in in round one. That's fun. Yay. On to the next uh two interesting characters here. We have Jules Winfield from Pulp Fiction. And we have Mayor Sheehan from Mayor of Easton. Uh, let's see, Jules was a, uh, a compensatory pick, right? He was uh, an after yeah. after the original pick. Um, Lightning. Yes,
1: didn't pick. make anyone's original uh, list. That's right. Yeah, that's,
0: that's a that's a strike on on him, I, I suppose. Look, uh, there's, there's a lot of
4: people. There's a lot of characters and a lot of different, like, media forums. It probably just slipped their minds. Pulp Fiction is one of my favorite movies, and I love Jules.
3: Yeah, sometimes, I mean, we all made our lists. We did. You had to make choices. Doesn't mean you didn't want them on the list. Yeah. Depends on who they go against if they go further.
5: Who Whose choice was uh, Mayor of East, Easttown?
4: It was mine. It was yours, okay. So stepping up the bat for Jules.
0: Yeah, I'll give a little bit for for Jules. Um I mean he's well, he's uh, such an iconic character. Even if you've never seen Pulp Fiction or are not a fan of Quentin Tarantino's work, you kinda know you're like maybe you don't know his name is Jules, but you know that fucking Samuel Jackson is dude. a badass motherfucker. Like just he's got a wallet that says it. Right, yeah. You kind of <laughs> know All the scenes that he's in are the scenes in that movie that the casual viewer, the casual, like, non-fan kind of know. Um, He's even a meme,
5: kids. He's been plenty of memes.
0: Right, exactly, exactly. (laughs) He's just got such an iconic look. It's pretty simple, but, like, you know, short afro, suit, gun... Boom! That's all you need, and just pure the the foot fucking master. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But would you give me a foot rub? Uh, So, I mean, Jules is just. Just a badass. He's the epitome of like a, a badass, someone you don't want to mess with, someone with the, the right line for every occasion uh, and then also has that fun little uh, ditty that he sings before he kills you. So, uh, you know, Jules, the ultimate badass. He's trying real hard to be the shepherd. <laughs> <laughs> shepherd.
4: I'm just gonna walk the earth, man. It's like, yeah, they got a name for that, Jules. It's called the bum <laughs>
1: but Mary Sheehan, uh played by Kate Winslet from Marybytown uh is a police officer in a small town in in Philadelphia and it's she's kind of know like early on in the show they they introduce you to all these other you know she goes and checks on these little piddly kind of calls that people you know call her on and she basically knows every single person in this town. She's, she's, she's the law. You know,
3: she grew up in this town. She's from it.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. She's like a, a sports hero from high school. Like, They're only state championship. She's she won on on her shot. Basically, they call her L- Lady Hawk. And uh, and then she she gets on this case, similar to to Russ's case, but in in. Uh, where it could have gone on and on and on for, for decades unsolved. Uh, but Mayor fucking solves it, man. She gets on it real fucking fast. Uh, but then you also find out that she's dealing with uh, a son who committed suicide and had terrible drug problems and that basically helps her be be the cop that she is. She's running from this From this grief and from talking or even, you know, dealing with any of this stuff. And she just focuses on work. And uh, basically alienates her family and everyone around her. And she becomes like this tough as nails fucking cop. And uh, eventually she, you know, has to deal with these things and finds a balance between the two and uh it's really a great art uh you know it's it's basically a one and done kind of show i don't think they're ever gonna do a uh mayor season two or anything like that and uh it's just a it's a great performance by kate winslet uh and yeah she's better than jules oh shit (laughs) (laughs) i said it
3: i it's a tough one, but there are a couple things I want to also say about Mare. Um, Thank you. Everybody in that town fucking
2: sucks. They're all, they're all <laughs> terrible,
3: terrible people. And like Mike, Mike said, like she's the law. Like Even though she grew up with these people, she probably changed their diapers. She's got to go and deal with their heroin problem. And like, she does it with heart, but also tough as nails. Uh, it, it, it's it's frustrating to watch because I'm just like, fuck that dude. That dude sucks. But she <laughs> knows, like, well, he's dealing with this. Like, he's just a mad dad or whatever she says. Um, so she's just like, yeah, she's the stone, hard as nails, law. This is right person when everybody just is terrible they're so so terrible um and it's nice like mike said she has to deal with these things like she she goes to therapy and they show you her dealing with therapy and accepting therapy and it's it's really nice uh to see her make that um walkway that journey that challenge
4: nice yeah that sounds very interesting like it's in philadelphia correct
5: Sounds like oh, great. you gotta see!
3: If you haven't seen the yeah. show, you gotta see it. It's so well, good.
4: It's, it's 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 on the list now. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, my my girlfriend loves Kate Winslet, so. She's <laughs> but, uh, just a uh, yeah, she's great. Uh, but you know, it's like yeah, Philadelphia. Like okay, so like. You know, I'm I'm in Florida, recovery capital of the world, and, like, 90% of the people in my area are from Philadelphia because they all come down here right. to fucking... they got <laughs> problems in me. Philadelphia. I got some fucking problems up there, man. It is it is a dope den, like, to the max. You,
0: you know, Kayla said uh, that, like, everyone in, in the town sucks, and I think one of the coolest things about Mayor is that she sucks. Like, she is yeah. so unglamorous, yeah. um... Like, if you're used to Kate Winslet, you know, like, really awesome yeah. actress, like, just really. A lot um, of period dramas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> always glamorous, always beautiful, and everything else. And Mary's not hard on the eyes, but she is not trying at all. I mean, she is just like. She dresses up, she cleans she up nice. She's like Rust Cole in the way that like Rust Cole doesn't give a shit about what anyone thinks of him or anything else. Mare is is the exact like same person and being like a woman and a mother and everything else, I think she's a real unique character in that sense, like where she's just completely unglamorous, kinda like just dirty, angry, worn out, um yeah. but like just Kind of knows who she is, essentially. Knows where she comes from. Uh, it, It's real cool. It, it, in all the ways that, like, Jules is, man, I got to put on this, like, badass. Like, I'm going to put on this suit and become this, like, badass. Mare's like, I'm just going to throw on this hoodie and I I know who I am. You know, like, yeah. so. It's, it's pretty cool. It's a cool. It's a great character. You guys are selling me a lot.
4: Like, yeah, I'm like, you guys are just, I'm kind of getting convinced now. Like this is like what only like a seven episode show. It's like, yeah, I mean, around. Yeah. Really, yeah. Looks like. Well, I, I did a little like Wikipedia, like on the side on my phone <laughs> while you guys were breaking this it's, down.
3: And like, Mayor's just one character out of the like pieces of shit that are in oh, it. But yeah, the story, yeah. the mystery, the twisty turnies is is real good.
4: Yeah. I'm like, I'm I'm always down for that. You know being in recovery myself i can understand how like you guys describe her like perfectly as a person who has to deal with like us like on a daily basis it is draining mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. like i can i can picture exactly what eric was talking about i'm like yeah it sounds about right that and it's philadelphia which is like a fucking dump <laughs> but,
3: so it's a cold um... dark just uncolorful and unwelcoming town. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah fuck off
3: the whole state of but pennsylvania that's there, what we're saying some beauty i'm not gonna lie
1: there's there's parts I, with trees I, I love jules uh he's one of quentin's he's probably quentin's best character he's awesome. uh but i feel like what, we've got to see tougher. that character come like come back again almost in hateful eight like sam jackson is pretty much Jules again, Uh, (laughs) yeah. And I think it kind of detracts from the overall uh, experience. Jules' experience, yeah.
0: And he dies off camera in uh, Kill Bill, so there you go.
3: And it's hard too for Jules, like there's so, so many characters in Pulp Fiction, like
0: yes, that's
4: so
3: many. It's so hard. It's like that's one of. Five really, really fun stories. Yes. All in one movie.
4: It's like that movie is just a tour de force. Like I can talk I can talk up just about like any of the characters in that movie. It's like Jules is definitely like a slight standout, but I love Bruce Willis's part. Um
2: uh, you know, the,
4: the, the the small part about, you know, the I hid this watch. In my ass. (laughs) Like I love that movie to death. Um and I I love Jules like as a character. Like some of my favorite parts are, you know, the ones that are in like that he's in, like when they gotta get rid of the dead body and you know some real gourmet ass shit. (laughs) Like like, I bought my dad that cup. (laughs) So this is hard, man. You guys made a real good
2: pitch.
3: Very good oh. argument,
4: yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: For me, like uh, I'm going to lead this train. Uh Jules is just not my favorite in pulp fiction, so oh, wow. go mayor
4: Curiosity, uh who is your favorite character in pulp fiction?
3: It depends on my mood, but there oh, are okay. are most mostly Bruce or um
4: Zed's dead, baby. <laughs> It's or
3: it, gun to my head, I would probably <laughs> say John Travolta.
2: Oh, okay. That was It's just
3: they're just such fun, fun moments with him.
4: Yeah. 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 Him and the Mia Wallace parts. There. It's a good movie, man. Him
3: but, and the. Uh... Him and many many parts are a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> that body that they got to get rid of
4: stab her three times like <laughs> <laughs> right That's <not>
2: <laughs> oh. okay I'm lance should have been on the
1: bracket <laughs> damn it we forgot we got drug dealer lance
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right okay. all right uh, Mayor. all right
3: Mayor.
4: yeah let's just call it guys yeah yeah, yeah i, I would say marriage too yeah That's. Uh, i think you guys made an excellent argument um, you guys gotta too watch of, the show. Too good of argument, actually. Oh, I, I will. Yeah. If,
5: if you'd have the argument, I probably would vote. I would vote for Jules.
4: <laughs> yeah, so. my heart would have went for Jules, but Kayla, like, she- also, You know, it's it's a whole movie. It's an ensemble cast where it's like, you know, it's like they all stand out in little bits, but like they're, you know, it's like Kayla said, you know, depending on like what your mood is, you know, you may may enjoy Travolta parts better, may enjoy the. Bruce that's like the better. thing
3: that that movie really does. It just has like. So many, so many different feels, so many different characters. It's just like, oh, wait, yeah, these guys, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Let's
4: it's see. It's rewatchable. It's very rewatchable. You convinced yeah. me. All right. I'll be a shill
5: for the mayor. Yes. All
0: right, Mayor all around. Um, yeah. I mean, I got Jules on the list. That's fine. I'm cool. He he deserved to be in the 64, but the mayor's just fucking cool. She's just a unique ass character, and, and she's great. So. Sounds fun. Mayor 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 over Jules uh, Mayor Jordan should have been her name, not the uh, Lady Hawk. Uh, nice, it's pretty good. <laughs> Saw it on Twitter. It's not mine, <laughs> uh, but it's like, good.
3: Dang, you've been holding out on that. <laughs> no, no, no,
0: no. Because she like won like the state champion in, like 1997 or something. Yeah. Everyone would have been like a really
3: good chat.
0: <laughs> yeah, everyone would have called her Mayor Jordan. Like, come on. <laughs> But anyway, uh on to the next. Bender bending Rodriguez yes. from Futurama oh, versus May Borowski from Night in the Woods. Bender was a Tomas pick. May was a Josh pick, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh Mike, you've done Night in the Woods. Anyone else uh done Night in the Woods? No. Cool. Well, Tomas,
4: uh tell us about Bender. Yeah, he's bender man what else do you need to know <laughs> no. uh, i don't know man it's like futurama's got a lot of good characters in it uh yeah, like this this was a hard one for me so i felt like going for fry as well uh, but uh bender just kind of stands out in more episodes for me uh you know some of my favorite episodes are where bender kind of takes the lead Uh, Especially like the what ifs, uh, (laughs) the one where he becomes a human and (laughs) he completely engorges himself (laughs) in like a matter of a week. Uh, You know, they roll him and Eric escapes from his fat folds and he's like, (laughs) woo! And then when he becomes a giant, Bender, like, there's just, uh, to me, there's just so many standout episodes for Bender. Uh, Even like when they made the movies, uh, the whole idea behind, you know, Bender's big score. you know, he, he was able to use the time code on Fry's butt, which was a tattoo of his face, <laughs> and uh, to continuously fuck with the time stream. Um, You know, he's kind of an asshole. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to take that away from him, but, like, he's he's a lovable scamp, I believe, as uh, he refers to himself as a lovable scamp. Uh, you know, and he's just... I don't know, man. I love Futurama. Like I said, you know, it's like, there's... There's a handful of characters I could have went for with this, and I know that detracts from the argument of why he should be picked. But like, it's you know, I just uh, like to me, uh, he stands out more than the rest of them in Futurama. Yeah, love it, love it.
5: Uh, May
0: those
4: are
3: hard picks.
4: Oh
1: yeah. Uh, May is from the game Night in the Woods. Uh, She's like an eighteen, nineteen year old. woman uh but she's also she's a cat everyone in this game is a uh, different kind of animal anthropomorphic animal and she has she's did a few semesters in college and it wasn't for her it didn't work out and she's forced to go back to her shitty little small town and and live back with her parents and uh she feels like a like her life's kind of like over and done with, you know, like she she had a chance or whatever, and then it's it's done. And you go through the game, and it's just kind of day to day stuff, you know. You're hanging out with your buddies. You're in, a you play bass in a band with them. Nice. Uh, you go visit your mom. She works at the church. She has a great fun relationship with her mom. Uh, she takes a lot of cool notes in this journal. Uh, she's got a great sense of humor. Um. But you find out that she has like a dissociative disorder. And uh, she had an incident in high school where she uh, attacked someone with a bat and uh, kind of forced her parents into debt and uh, for her her therapy kind of bills and stuff like that. and then uh, she keeps having these weird dreams as the game goes on. And it turns out that there's like a uh, Cthulhu type monster
2: oh, no. uh, that,
1: that lives under the town and has uh, kind of been the reason and caused these weird uh, uh, detachment type. Things were like the the violent incident in high school the incidents she has had at college and stuff like that and uh uh I believe she kind of conquers that that monster and is able to to move on from that and 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 grow
0: is that literal like is there a literal monster or is that meant to be like figurative uh it's it's unclear. I think open to I, interpretation. I, I
1: want. I lean towards literal, because uh, the game kind of turns into you know your whole gang of, of friends like trying to, to uh, you like fall. You find this like cultist uh group in the woods, and uh, eventually uncover this this weird uh, beast.
0: Okay. Beast. Did a little bit of a, a deep dive on on May because I've never played the game, but um, you know just to get get ready. And I, I really thought uh, between your description of her and and what I found on the internet, like in in a match of two non humans, she seems like a a real like human character, real relatable yeah. character yeah. Um, in a lot of ways. It, it is kind of unfortunate that if there is a literal monster actually controlling her actions as opposed to just you know she's got a mental disorder or or something like that she's dealing with um takes a little bit of the the humanity out of it but uh still she she definitely seems like a really cool character i've always wanted to check uh, out night in the woods and just haven't gotten around to it yet Oh, no, I was just
4: saying, if there's one thing that, like, this bracket has done, it's definitely made me more interested in, like, a lot of these characters. Uh, yeah, and Eric, I think you kind of hit it on the head. She seems like a very, like, just person kind of character. Like, the first thing I attached to is, like, you mentioned that, like, she tried going to college and it didn't work out for her. It's like, I can relate to <laughs> it because it didn't work out for me. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like yeah. Same, same. Yeah. yeah.
3: Again, we didn't play it. We just did like some some research on it and I I was also very very um intrigued. And I think that it's got to be real the monster, but she's so creative and uh writes in her journal a lot like it might be how she battles those demons. But of course, you want to make it fun. You want to make <laughs> it pretty. Um so I, I think it's literal and
1: Yeah, that's that's the way I
5: kinda take it to like conquering
1: yeah. your own demons. Yeah. Uh, in
5: a way. Yeah. So it seemed like to me when I read it. it's easy to sympathize with her situation as someone who also did finish college and having to go back to this parents' house and all that kind of stuff. But yeah
2: it's it's, hung low. i
5: I c I couldn't sell it as figuratively or literally for the, the monster or you know, in the town, so
0: So let's make a decision. If it's if it's figurative, then I'm voting for May. If it's literal, (laughs) I'm probably still voting for May. So. What if it's? (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, I
3: think it is literal, but like, um, creatively.
4: (laughs) I think it's figurative. Got wrestled them demons. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I want to go for Bender. Uh, Bender, just,
5: it's almost unfair for me because you get so much of Bender in that show. You see so, you know, uh, different scenarios he's in and what he does. And it's a Fry most of the time. And uh, it's hard to pull me away from that.
4: Yeah, I mean, he's and, so mean. <laughs> he, and that's what <laughs> makes him so great. Yeah. And he's a robot. Kill all humans, you know? <laughs> But he's so mean, but he's also so selfish with his friendship with Fry. Exactly, <laughs> he
5: loved to see it.
4: So like, he's got redeeming qualities too. It's like when he actually, when he throws uh, Fry's dog into the lava. <laughs> <He's> like, oh. <laughs> oh <God. laughs> but but then he realizes he fucked up and he jumps into the lava to save him. He's made. Out he of goes on tour ball. with
2: Beck, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's unforgivable. <laughs> Look. Its like, <laughs>
4: song doesn't normally last four hours, but we forgot how it ended somewhere along
0: the way.
1: May's band is way cooler. <laughs> yeah, but she plays bass.
4: <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, she does.
0: Do they have a washboard stomach and a microphone? Yes. <laughs>
4: no. I want to say that Futurama has way more cameos
0: <laughs> than your game. <laughs> no. Did uh, May bang the Crushinator? She might have. Dude, that's well te- technically Bender didn't. He's, he says
4: like You're oh, right. please You're right. please yeah. don't tell me it was the crushinator, Bender. he's like, like that kind of lady, you got a romance. <laughs> oh. You're right. You're right.
2: <laughs> like, so he's a gentleman.
4: Jump, jump crushinator. I can't. I love him. <laughs> 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 oh dang it, crushenator. <laughs> I love that episode. I love, uh, I love Future <laughs> Yeah, you, I pick Bender. Yeah, sure.
0: You could do the countdown, Fry. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> well, May gets my vote because uh, you know she just. I'm interested to to check out May. I've I've seen all I I need to see of Bender. Love him, but I want to see more of May. Okay,
2: I respect that. Game Pass. Ooh, Bender for me. Is
3: it on Game Pass?
2: Yeah
0: interesting may. may there it is boom tomas doesn't even have to break a tie Nope. Oh. i haven't had to yet i <laughs> <laughs> feel so you
4: relieved gotta
3: get him out there tomas i'm putting him out i don't <laughs> want to make those decisions on the know, all, on the cute.
4: hot I, seat i hate that kind of pressure why can't yeah. giark or craig like the side
0: <laughs> <laughs> Craig will leave if he has to decide. Yeah. Um, yes, he will. <laughs> is under the pressure. <laughs> oh, May Borowski over Bender bending Rodriguez. Next matchup Tokushiro Shirumi. I think I've said that is, one right that's at least once. That is awesome. actually dead on versus what does, Jolie right? Bindo. Bindo. Uh well, Tokushiro Surumi is from Golden Kumai. Yeah Golden uh, Kamu. Think. Yeah. Kamu, Kamu, yeah, that's sure. And uh Jolie Bindo is from Knights of the Old Republic. Uh say all of that five times fast. Uh Ryan, uh this was your nomination. I'm not gonna say his name again. So <laughs> yeah,
5: you said it perfectly. Uh yeah I just call him Surumi from uh here on up. so in order to understand the character, you have to have a little context, um, in the beginning. So Golden Kamu is mainly a, it's basically a story about finding lost or hidden treasure, right? Um, it's based in the early 1900s. It's in Hokkaido. If you're not familiar with Hokkaido is, it is, um, that big S it's part of Japan now It's part of Japan, but back then, um, it was a, a conflict. So it takes place. Um basically between the Japanese Russell war, which basically the government of Japan was trying to centralize the government and the forces in Hokkaido to remain in control of it. Hopefully it's following me so far. So there is um, between that war, there was a shit ton of casualties and there is this uh, by the way, this is all actual factual majority of it, but the story it takes place in here is is mostly fictional. If that makes sense. So actual events that happened is just,
4: the story yes. itself
5: is um, real,
4: yeah. real history with like its own like little side kind of story.
5: Exactly. So, um, Sur-Me is part of the seventh division. And at the end of that war, there was a lot of casualties and there's a lot of, uh, Japanese soldiers who felt like that the government completely forgot about them. And they're kind of just used as, as pawns. Um, so, in this, Shereme, uh basically kind of, uh, he, he takes like a shrapnel to the head. This is before the start of the story even happens. So he has this porcelain like kind of band around the top of his head that leaks a little bit of uh, a little bit of uh, like, you know, like fluid, I guess, cranial. yeah, cran- <laughs> brain juice, cranial fluid, whatever you want to call it. Mm. So he's a bit fucked up in the head, but uh, he's a, he's mm. also, he was a spy for the government. So. Um, there's all that I keep in mind. So he's a master manipulator in the end. He's basically wanting to, um, take hold of the gold that there's this indigenous people called the Ainu. They're pretty much like Native Americans to, uh, to Japan, to what they as America. And, um, they have this hidden stash of gold. And whoever gets it, they can fund a new war. They can do whatever the fuck they want with it. His goal is to essentially get the gold. Um, build up his army again and rebel against the government. Um, You know, big ambitions, right? Take control of Hokkaido. Just to kind of keep it simple. Um, So why I chose him is he's a very complex character. that You don't see a lot coming, a lot of twists and turns. He's a master manipulator. Um, He manipulates his own soldiers to the point where, you know, he manipulated one guy basically saying, you know, your wife died, blah, blah, blah. She didn't die. And then end up basically making so oh she did live but i wanted you to grow as a person but she actually did die you know it, there's a lot of complexity in what he does and uh it's sophistication uh what he does with soldiers and what he does against the main protagonist uh is pretty badass um it's almost like you love to hate him but you hate to love him so uh it's that type of character so i, I put it up it like almost like cersei lannister level but just way oh, more no. way more intelligent um, you know, and there's a lot of twists and turns in the in the show, which has three seasons right now that uh you don't see coming. And there's a couple spoilers I won't say that kind of blew my mind the last season. So uh, that's a little background why I like it.
0: Nice. Nice. Fun, yeah, fun. I did a little bit of a dive on him and um his like characterization, his uh his design is really cool. Like the I like how he looks. Yeah, the <laughs> the injury to his head and everything else. Um it's kind of real reminiscent of like war casualties of that time, you know, like people coming back from world war one or yeah, you said the Russo Japanese war, like um, they did have weird like prosthetics and stuff like that. So it's, it's almost like true to true to life in, oh, in a sense.
5: Making you more fucked up in the story. Um, one of the main plot points is like, there's this big prison where there's one guy that knows where the gold is. And he tat basically what they do is they try to torture him. Basically he has no limbs, he has like nothing, he's all disfigured and shit. He can't really do anything. He ends up tattooing the actual treasure map on all the convicts. So oh, wow. basically if the convicts leave, you have to skin the convicts to get the treasure map. You know what I mean? Or, you know, um essentially uh you know, trace it or whatever. So it's real real fucked up. So he ends up wearing a lot of these fucking skin Treasure maps on his body, you know, because he's interested oh, in else, and making duplicates and kind oh, of, um, or is it like, yeah, you know, playing other people, you know, giving fake false, uh, treasure maps to people? It's, it's, it's fantastic. Anyways, uh, there's oh, wow. a little bit of of the case. Yeah.
0: That sounds cool. Yeah. Jolie Bindo. Uh, I think that was Bindo. an Aaron Josh, uh, uh kind of joint. Uh, it was an Aaron joint, but I think Josh Aaron. also yeah. knew Jolie a little bit. He seemed to know who who Jolie Bindo was, but um, I did a little bit. Uh, me and Kayla both did a little uh, dive on on Jolie. If 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 no one else uh, will stand for our uh, lightsaber man,
5: I like Jolie. Unfortunately, I didn't choose him. So,
0: gotcha. He's honestly he's as as I was doing the research on him, he's got so many parallels to. Uh, Ahsoka, Ahsoka Tano, who was on on our list, um, I really feel like her character because he 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 seems to have come first in in the mythology of of Star Wars. It seems like she's probably based at least loosely on on Jolie Bindo, and Ahsoka's amazing. Um, so it's a, it's a really great backstory. I mean, if you don't know anything about Star Wars and and uh, you know the the galaxy at that time um, that that Jolie lived. Um, everything was very rigid in the the jedi council they all live by these rules and everything else jedi have to do you know certain things and live by a certain code and everything else it's all all very um you know like hardcore religion essentially uh and and jolie always (laughs) kind of sees it that way like it it seems a little backwards you know you you've got to you got to bend the rules a little bit, you know, in depending on the situation if you're going to do the greater good. He wants to do what's best for for the galaxy, for the people he cares about and and you know, uh he wants to save everyone and it 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 comes about that he can't and and the rules are are so rigid that he can't kind of do what he wants to do. So much so that his his love, um, which Jedi are not supposed to have, uh, he but he does fall in love. No. Uh, um, and uh, he's conflicted about it. You know, his his Jedi order says one thing, his heart says another. And to make matters worse, his love goes to the dark side, and he has to eventually fight and and kill her. Uh, and he feels immense guilt and uh pressure uh for this and he he essentially turns himself in to the Jedi council and says like i i need to be punished for this uh i you know i've broken not only the rule of you know falling in love and getting attached and and everything else but um i've you know i i, I killed this person as as well in in a, a fit of passion rage what have you um and the council decides that uh, they're they're going to be okay with it. They're going to pardon him, essentially. And he just can't wrap his mind around that. He's lived his whole life that these rules are are not to be broken. They're not to be bent. They're, you know, set in stone. And why has he lived his whole life following this code if the council can just make it up as they go along? He's not going to face any, um, you know any punishment whatsoever. So he decides to become a, a white Jedi, I believe is, is the term where he essentially just kind of goes off gray Jedi. Sorry. Yeah. Gray Jedi. That's right. Um, a gray Jedi. He, he goes Mm -hmm. off on his, uh, on his own. He's no longer, um, you know, beholden to the council, but he gets to kind of make his own, own code and be his own, his own person. And will
3: uh, use the force and fight with the lightsaber and just right. Be his own person like that.
0: Yeah, and, and be a hero. He wants to be a hero. He wants to be good for people. Um and, and do what what he feels is, is right, but without so the he does in the in the story it seems like he plays a big part in you don't play as jolie in the game um but you get to to meet him and he he helps you along the quest so in 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 the story so he he does succeed in in the sense that but i think it takes some convincing uh to to save the galaxy from him you know he's kind of a reluctant hero in that sense um but uh but but a hero nonetheless.
5: Yeah, a lot of parallels with Ahsoka. Um quite a bit. It's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, and I love Ahsoka's character, and, and just reading up on Jolie, I was like, oh, okay, so these are all the pretty much the major plot points of of Ahsoka's journey. You know, getting attached to There's not really like a romantic relationship with Anakin, but it it's similar. It's a very similar like relationship Uh, i think there's i think it's love yeah a different type um you know so there's that there's breaking with the jedi council going on her own being a reluctant hero um all of the above you know it's it's kind of they're they're very uh similar characters in that sense so i definitely dig jolie um a lot but uh tokashiro surumi i'm gonna do it again uh He's just got a cool design, and I think, like, everything from the skin maps to even just, like, the time period and everything's cool. You don't see too much, like, World War One era stuff, uh, you know, popular media. Um, I think it's a cool time period, and especially in, like, a, you know, I'm not the biggest anime guy, but. Um, so, what's I'm up? I'm going
3: Bindo, because I'm not, uh, not that I hate evil, manipulative people, but I enjoy. <laughs> Um, I enjoy the Ahsoka character <laughs> much more.
0: Obviously, yeah, it's a straight hero versus villain in this this thing. Uh, Jolie just <laughs> yeah. seems like a a, a hero, and uh, Surumi is, Knights, is a straight. Uh,
3: bad yeah, <laughs> nice of the Old Republic is like something that I do really, really want to play, but never have. Um, I've read some several Revan uh, Star Wars books, which I know he has connections to, so. I'm I would gonna be go into with that. That's that what I want to see.
4: I like characters like that. I like characters that like make you really fucking uncomfortable and like make you guess like what they're gonna do next. And you know, it's like I'm watching Game of Thrones right now, and like that's like
2: everybody. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like
4: mm-hmm. so, everybody's playing the game, bro. <laughs> so. Mike, Mike, Mike. I like
1: Ryan's argument a, a lot. I, at the character, the character in the show sound. Sound really cool. So that's my vote. Nice.
0: Yeah, I think that's where I'm going as well. Um, also with the added fact that, like, Ahsoka did make it past round one, and yeah, it seems nice. like a lot to have two characters make it to round two that are so, so similar. Like, so, so similar. So, Sure.
2: sure.
0: Alright. Alright. So, Tokushiro Surumi. round two. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Next one. This is a lot. This is a lot. This is um, a
4: this is a rough
0: bracket. <laughs> it really is. These yeah. are just back to back to back. Oh, God. So we have the boss from Metal Gear Solid three versus Arthur Morgan, Arthur Morgan from Red Dead Redemption Two. Who chose who?
4: I chose the, the boss. The boss?
5: All
3: right. All right. And who chose Max Arthur and Mike?
4: Yeah. All
0: right. Yeah. Arthur He's was a double in. up. Man. Yeah. Ooh, Mike. How dare you betray me?
1: <laughs> Sorry, man.
4: Are you are you willing to die for your country, Mike? I'm willing to die for Arthur. <laughs>
5: no. Oh no. Arthur
3: die for the gang, that's for sure.
4: Oh man. All right. Uh, I yeah, I'm the boss. Uh where do I start? <laughs> metal Metal gear series doesn't exist without her (laughs) need i say more uh no she's she's just such a great character like and even like if you dig deeper into her like character uh she was part of like the cobra division uh you know like i guess one of the first like cia groups of like i guess secret soldiers and shit uh they were they were like a huge part of like why we won World War Two, uh, and uh, like a lot of a lot of her character is very tragic. Uh, she has to kill like uh, were they married? The sorrow in her, uh, or I know they had a kid together. That was uh, Ocelot. Yeah. Ocelot, yeah. But yeah, and she goes through a lot of shit. Like her whole entire like life is just like tragic up to the point where like you know. She pretty much trains, um, she trains, uh, fucking, I'm drawing a blank, big boss. Well, he's not big boss at the time, he's naked snake. Um, pretty much to kill her and take over her position. Um, but the idea is that, like, in order to stop all out nuclear, like, you know, warfare between Russia and the United States, she pretty much sacrifices herself for a her country. Um, and it's like, but, like, the the fight in the flower field at the end. Uh, she's so, like, she's so integral to the entire, like, story of Metal Gear Solid 2, because, like, everything forward from that point is, like, everybody trying to interpret her philosophy on how they should move forward, and whether they're getting it right or wrong, whether it be Zero or whether it be, um, it'd be Big Boss or, you know, any other of the litany of characters trying to, fulfill her legacy like she's just so pivotal to that whole entire series and she's just a badass character too it's you know we talk a lot about like these strong female characters and you know all these forms of media that we're talking about and like i remember playing that game and just being blown away it was such an excellent experience uh, the story of that game's incredible um and, you know just kind of throw in like a ryan point you know it's based off of like loosely you know real history um uh, with such a kojima flair to it <laughs> and it's, i love shit like that too you know it's like you know every once in a while like kojima fucking hits the nail on the head too with some of the shit with like metal gear solid too but <laughs> i don't know i love the series i love the boss um you know i'm sure i could say more but i'm sure you guys got a hell of an argument for your excellent character as well. God damn it! <laughs>
0: Do you think she let him win at the end?
4: No. Mm. I think I think the passing of the baton had to be legitimate.
1: I I agree with Tomas because she never wavers in her values and her her principles. And you know she has a son ripped away from her literally, and then has to, you know, she she gets that back again with with Snake. You know, like a, another a prodigy, a son. Basically, and you know beats the leaves him for dead in a fucking river, you know, and then like did not pull any punches, really.
4: And she tells them all these tombs like like even like in the in the virtuous mission, like she's like hinting that like, you know, it's like, are you really a soldier? You know, it's like given like what your like superiors tell you to do, are you still gonna follow through orders? You know, despite like the fact that he has to go up against this person that he has like on this pedestal, and like this whole entire world gets smashed by her, and like she just keeps going and going and going, like to the point where like she sacrifices the whole Cobra unit—not necessarily, but like that's part of like him becoming this legendary mercenary. Uh, I, like I said, I can I can talk about this fucking game forever. Um, then I just had like the greatest. Say
3: this person's ever. name again for me.
4: The boss.
3: The Boss.
4: The Boss. Bruce, Bruce Springsteen. Alright, I'm <laughs> all right,
3: I'm, a, I'm a hijack this real quick because, really, my only Metal Gear knowledge Metal Gear. comes from discussions that I hear you guys have. Or t-shirts that I see in <laughs> C2E2. <laughs> an um, an and show. I don't remember this person at all. I never knew there was a The Boss Lady character. I know about Ocelot. I got a whole list here about people Eric told me about. <laughs> oh, because we were did. gonna do a draft. And this is Metal Gear Solid, I understand, which is the the first one. Maybe this person didn't happen yet, but it ain't in my knowledge, so I don't see how it's so important. I'm I'm a little you guys are talking oh, I, I pulled out my notes and everything. I'm like, damn, did Eric tell me about this character? Like what?
4: Metal Gear Solid <laughs> three is, is a prequel. It's um uh, it deals with uh, big boss. Uh, okay. Um, it's it's okay. pre-solid. big snake. boss,
3: solid snake, liquid snake, Psycho Mantis.
4: Snake isn't even cloned yet. Um, so it's it's all the the build up I got those characters.
3: Johnny Sasaki in here.
4: He's oh, he's in everything. <laughs> so he, he gave you all the important information.
3: <laughs> I do. It does say small character next to it, just you know.
4: Did he, did he tell you about like how there's always bathroom humor in every single game, <laughs> like the first one?
3: No, I don't think so. I didn't write that one down.
4: Kojima's yeah. a bit of a weirdo, but...
2: oh
3: boy! But Arthur Morgan,
1: uh, Arthur Morgan, uh, voiced by Roger Clark. Uh, he is a cowboy, and he is on a cowboy on the verge of the end of of the cowboy era. Uh, Young age, he was taken in by uh, a gang of criminals and raised... uh, Yeah, Dutch's gang. And is brought up to, to be like them, you know? And as you're playing the game, you get to see Arthur's start to think, man, what... What if Dutch doesn't have all these answers? What if you know there's more to life than just robbing and stealing, and more than just the gang? You know, the family. And Red Dead Two is not a fun game to play. <laughs> it is the opposite of a fun game to play. It's a long game, uh, <laughs> but the character I have a lot and the to do and the story of Arthur are what kept me going through that and which still makes me consider Red Dead like a, you know, a top level type of game. And, uh, his story throughout is just, it's, 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 you know, a lot of games, you know, are considered, you know, oh, it's like a movie, you know, Metal Gears and Last of Us and stuff. But, Arthur's story, man, is better than any, like, Unforgiven or Good, Bad, and the Ugly, any kind of Western you could think of. And he's the most human character in a game uh, that I've experienced. Uh, you get to see him go through through uh, a love story. Uh, Lose lo- loved ones, uh, do questionable things and then have to, to pay for them later and uh, really dastardly stuff that he doesn't want to do in the moment uh, and then is able to uh, uh, pay a penance for later. And uh, up until the final moments, uh, it's it's just a sight to see.
3: I couldn't have said it better myself. Um it- Part of the interesting thing, though, uh, with Arthur is a lot of his situations or characters are based on your choices at times. Like you can be like a complete total outlaw dick or you can be real uh, humble, if you will, or nice. Um, and, And it is hard to make those choices as as you're playing because you're like you want to be a good person at times or sometimes you gotta just beat that person for money because Dutch needs it. And, um...
4: (laughs) Dutch better have his money.
3: (laughs) Like Mike said, you really get to see him go through life and he's like, he's a pretty solemn, independent person, you know, he's got his nice little tent, he lives in olden cowboy times where bounty hunters are after them and you have to be kind of tricky and manipulative and sometimes you go out guns a blazing to save your boy and uh you see him deal with a lot of things that mike brought up but betrayal is definitely one that uh he deals with
0: yeah yeah it's definitely a central theme um you know his is his betrayal of Dutch in a sense, and Dutch's betrayal of him? I mean, that's the central kind of relationship of of that game, and it's they both feel as though the other, yeah.
3: The things he says to himself are just hilarious. The interactions he has with other people are are phenomenal.
2: Journal, is
3: true. yeah, the journal's real fun. Every interaction you have with Arthur is just you want to you want to be there
1: yeah both both of these characters now uh you know eric mentioned the stuff with dutch like uh you know they have to to make a choice like they have to uh you know pick who if they're going to stick with you know uh the person that that brought them to this this far in this journey or or you know Go the other way it's and
3: wrong. yeah,
1: yeah. It's interesting how both uh, mirror that in a way. That's happened a few times in this bracket. Like
4: yeah, yeah this, this is definitely like this the, is tough. the tougher bracket. Yeah, this this corner is <laughs> fucking Russ Cole bracket guys.
0: <laughs> fucking <laughs> come out yeah.
1: Rest in peace.
0: You know, <laughs> <laughs> the boss right. is great too. I mean, and oh, yeah. that even just that final scene and her final decision and how it kind of all gets laid out and explained so well the metal gear games have such ridiculously twisted stories and everything else and there's even more revelations like that happen with like a triple agent and stuff after after the fight and yeah. everything but you can almost just like all right that that goes off in its own kojima corner but like the whole setup and the whole Decision and everything with the boss, and then the final fight, um, and all the all of the setup on in leading up to that, um, is some of the best writing in in all those five games. Honestly, it's and it's it's kind of the most like writing that makes sense in a very nonsensical world. Three um, is
1: the one that can stand on its own. Yes,
0: uh, yeah, you I don't agree.
1: have to. Play through any of the others uh, from from start to finish. It's its own kind of thing.
5: The and if one. they were to make a movie, I would want them to make a movie out of that.
0: Yes, and Robin Rice would be a great uh, boss. I think. Oh my god, it'd yeah. be amazing. Yeah. But uh,
1: just the, you know, she's she knows she's going to go down as the a most traitor. heinous war criminal yeah. traitor of all time, uh, and no one is going to know that she actually is the opposite of that and the sacrifices that she's she made she's
4: a hero she saved yeah. the world right and uh, i give my life not for honor but for you mike
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh boy okay well let's let's call it uh, you gotta make some guys
4: you got you guys got me
0: on I, 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 I think
4: it's on eric the
0: ball I, I, I think
5: it's on eric's decision
0: Oh, is it? Oh boy! Um,
4: well, they they picked the other guy. So unless I swayed Mike enough,
2: <laughs>
4: um, yeah, I'm. I have to vote for
1: Arthur. I I,
4: I understand. In, in a in a different universe, we're on the opposite side of this table. So
1: <laughs> I think Arthur is a one of one. I think he's, you know, even though there's been other Red Dead games and uh. He's he is diff he's different enough from John Marston in that original Red Dead uh, and his own person his own outlaw. Uh, where I, ca- I can't turn my back on him. He's he's fantastic.
5: Boss too. Boss too. But uh, the boss situation so tra- tragically beautiful. I cannot. I know. Not go for big boss. Not big boss. Boss.
0: Oh man. Yeah, um I I'm going to go I'm going to go Arthur Morgan on this one. It. Uh he's, he's Thank you for that honor. Uh, but I um, I love these these characters both. Uh, I, to me it just I think comes down to Arthur is my favorite part of just Red Dead lore from from now on. Um and in 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 the grand scheme of of Metal Gear lore, um, I forgot to tell Kayla about the boss, uh, you know, when I was going through all of the characters. So you know, that says something. Yeah. No, I was telling her all the Metal Gear Solid <laughs> characters, uh, one. Right, so right. you know, it's not my fault. But um,
3: uh, but I've also been around many conversations. I've seen many t-shirts. Just never come up.
0: The boss is great. The boss is great, but really needed Josh on this one. <laughs> All right. Arthur Morgan over the boss. May she rest in peace, the hero she is. Yeah. I was really hoping that she would like go up against
4: a uh, big boss on the somewhere mm. on this bracket. But gotta move on, man.
0: All right. Two more matchups here. Getting to the nitty gritty here. We have Anakin Skywalker from Star Wars. And we have Kratos from God of War. Two very oh. angry characters. Uh you know. Anakin was yours, Kayla. Yes, he
3: was. no, Anakin was Ryan's.
0: Oh my god. Kratos wow. was
3: mine. Kratos just, was mine. I always
0: ground. assume, you know, when I see Anakin, I see. I picked Ahsoka.
3: Yeah. I picked Ahsoka over Anakin.
0: My apologies, Ryan. Uh, the floor is yours. He knows my deep love.
5: I mean, I, I, there's not much for me to say about get Everybody knows this fucking story. Um, yeah, we do. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's uh it's have the high
2: ground,
5: a bro. nice family tale. Oh, yeah. You know, about uh, redemption and bringing balance and do we, does, do they really bring balance in the end and the character from a small boy to an old crusty man who's got many regrets and maybe does the right decision to end, you know? Um, the,
3: chosen he's the chosen
5: one. It's the chosen one. There's so much, you know, that I don't need to say you already know, so I'm going to leave it kind of blank and dry here, make this a quick one for me. Uh, no, yeah, Anakin's great, man. Uh, despite what people say about the prequels, I enjoyed uh, episode two and episode three quite a bit for the most part.
3: Very much very much myself
5: Very much so revenge of the sith is it's great um tactical Tho- clones maybe not as great but equally as entertaining and uh number one i don't i don't like number one really at all but uh that's I just, like
4: pod uh, racing yeah. bro <laughs> I don't,
5: uh, that best video game they ever came out with uh, uh, probably that but uh yeah yeah and it's skywalker there we go <laughs>
3: Like Ryan said, he's the chosen one. He's like built up, but he's built up and built up and so important, and then the, the fucking, it's not the Citadel because that's Mass Effect, but whatever the Jedi order. <laughs> um, It's just dumb. God, I hate it, and he has to deal with that. And Whereas Ahsoka and Jolie had the opportunity to just back out, they were forced with the decision to make choices where they could have leaned the way where anakin did and for me um i don't control my emotions very well so i do uh identify with anakin in in many ways like that i would i would rage out i would i would be angry i would Try to do anything to save the person I loved, even if it meant to be on the dark side and to learn dark magic. Absolutely, I would do that.
4: You heard it first, so. Eric.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there's,
5: there's so much to, you know. I mean, you get these movies. and get the Clone Wars. You know, if you guys ever watched, watched that show at all, but there's a lot of Same
3: personality. Thing. So yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. A lot to be left unsaid. So Kayla willing to commit genocide for Eric.
2: Score
3: Uh, But Kratos uh, Kratos was my lightning round pick He didn't make my original pick um, My original list Kratos is a new character uh, To me I've only played The Recent gen (laughs) I got a four
2: I'm
3: I'm Fully, fully into it. So I don't have Kratos when he was a harsh, angry, one sided, one minded person. I only have him as this like old soul who's dealing with what he has done in the past. He has this loss of the woman he loved and this child that they had together, and he's dealing with trying to become a father. And trying not to be cold and harsh and the god of war, but but to be uh, a teacher. To be a, a counselor. to He's just really trying to do the right things, but he's this stone-cold, hard god of war who's killed many, many people and gods and fathers and such. And uh, Kratos is just also an ultimate badass. He's got all these very, very um, interesting and fun to play weapons, and I love when a game does the Metroidvania thing where, like, you, you pass it, but it's this... You're there, but you can't get to it until you have this certain weapon
4: to, to come back beyond. and
3: do. I I enjoy those things. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, so that's a lot of fun for me in video game worlds. And I I love his relationship that he has with His son, Atreus, right? Yeah. Um, He's funny when he talks to the dwarves and he's protective and untrusting, but learns to trust. And it's nice.
1: He's, you know, similar to Anakin, they've both committed uh, terrible things. (laughs) (laughs) Awful things. Uh, You know, lost loved ones. Kratos lost you know the love of his life twice, uh, <laughs> but uh, Kratos gets to 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 pay it back. He gets a chance to 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 pay for his sins. Um, and Anakin is just a punk bitch throughout all those. <laughs> <laughs> I don't He's
2: understand. A young punk it. Bitch. He is.
1: He, yeah. <laughs> all of the decisions he makes are so petty, and, like, he gets manipulated by a guy who's yes. obviously a fucking bad guy. <laughs> and, like... <laughs> do I don't, like, don't get it. He, it, Like, he's... We get to see him as, like, this techie pod racing kid who's got this unbelievable potential... Then we get another movie where he doesn't do anything except try to make Natalie Portman fall in love with him. And then he lets the old guy, like, talk him out of being a good person. And he just, like, that. Like, I don't understand. It is not a well written character <laughs>
2: at wow. all.
4: Maybe See, only you do the powers that are inside of They and do that a they, lot with Star Wars. <laughs> uh,
3: they do.
0: Here no, here's where I'm gonna push back on on that. I think I think back up, back up. <laughs> I think the Hayden Christensen kind of poor dialogue and stuff like that, the bad script in in those movies
2: it yeah. has
0: a long shadow. You need to take it, or or at least I, I shouldn't say you need, but like I take it. I look at the major events that that created darth vader that created anakin as a person he grew up as a slave okay so that's the first thing we, we learn that he's he's a, a slave child um he he is freed from slavery but oh hey you don't get to take your mom with you you have to go with these creepy old men uh to be indoctrinated In into robes. this jedi order that religion. Um, and that's the only way you're going to make anything of of yourself anakin Okay, I'm ten or whatever. I'm gonna just make that life altering decision. I'll probably see my mom again. Uh, and I do see my mom again after she was brutally tortured by sand people. Uh, and that's the last time I see my mom as she's she's dying. Um, and uh, I'm told that as I'm just you're gifted.
3: tortured with nightmares of this happening.
0: Yes, yes, you know, he, all all visions, seeing all these visions tortured by, by different visions of his mother dying, of his love, uh, you know, Padme dying, um, and everything comes true, and he's just searching for anything to not make this stuff happen. He can see the future, in a sense, and he wants desperately to not have these things happen, and he just they just do because like it's whatever he can't control it or or whatever the case may be. So he's he's just an immensely tragic character. It's unfortunate that like that didn't come off. You have to like read between the lines essentially. You like you you can't go off of the poor dialogue. You have to go of like oh what actually happened? Like oh he saw his mother die. Oh, he was a slave. Oh, he like was indoctrinated by this this religious order. Oh, you know, he He's always uh, pushed off of of like he's told he's this his this great person, but then everyone does their best to like.
3: They refuse to make him master, even though he's.
0: Yeah. Oh no, the fifteen-year-old boy yeah. isn't
2: a
1: master yet. Like, yeah, it's, it's too so much emotional baggage. You <laughs> like, come on, man. <laughs> then and... don't
3: bring him to meeting. He don't... needs
1: to get through Jedi school and
4: then he's, like, the man and he can't do yeah, it. Yeah, but there I, ain't I other know. Padawans
3: in there doing that. Other Padawans aren't treated like that.
4: Look, life life is hard. <laughs> Doesn't give you life a right to commit genocide. Um, you know, like, I don't know, man, like, I get it, he went through some shit and it, you know, but like, I just, I, I'm kind of with Mike on this, man. It's like, I, I think, like, most people would have like shouldered it a little bit better and like made better choices in the long run. And I mean, I get I don't see tragedy. I just see stupidity. Oh, see? That, exactly. Uh, it's a tragic, tragic tra- tragically stupid. <laughs> don't get it wrong. Like, I love, I love Darth no. Vader. I feel like him as a character is better represented in other mediums other than the movie franchise. Um, uh, That's fair to say uh but like you know just as per the terms that we've agreed on this we had to pick a medium for the character and deadly there was a prequel trilogy for this series um uh, and like and not even that like you know the story is still told you know of like a tragic character and like how it like leads from point A to point B i just don't feel like the ends really justify the means for that character um uh, but uh I don't know. He's not even like my favorite character in the Star Wars series, so... Uh, Kratos uh... has the same amount of tragedy and the same poor
1: decisions. He, he's you know, his family is murdered. He will He's got to kill the god of war. And then, well, now the gods tricked me, so I got to kill the rest of the gods.
4: Boy, does he do some
0: killing.
2: <laughs>
5: he kills fucking Zeus. For God's sake.
2: Like, <laughs> yeah.
5: kills
4: everybody, bro.
0: And doesn't he, like, turn the whole world, like, into a shit show because of that? Like, doesn't, like, the world get plunged into darkness?
4: Yeah, they're, they're both characters that's like, kill first, ask questions later. But who are you going to ask questions to once everybody's dead? <laughs> <You> Anakin's <know?
3: laughs> been asking questions. he been. he been begging for answers.
1: Well, right, but can... he
3: finally just fucking made them.
1: They both make terrible decisions in the name of vengeance or love or whatever, but, but Kratos is able to turn that around. Vader or Anakin or whatever, to me, never really does that. He goes on years and years being Darth Vader and following this guy that's trooped him for what?
3: That's fair. Like,
4: He'll shoot that, stars.
5: <laughs> Damn, we getting sweaty in here, guys. Like, like fucking...
4: Kills all driven. the contractors on multiple Death Stars, blows up a planet. <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> I think Vader gets very little explanation in screen time. I, I, I think that Yeah. It's it's hard to even build a character on Darth Vader other than, oh, he's this dude who breathes in a masks and can force choke you. That's pretty much all you get about Vader.
2: It's a great. mess of
1: a character that you're introduced to as, you know way into the future, and then 40 years later we're going to try to turn him into a tragic hero. And if the creator of this, you know, George Lucas couldn't tell it right, but someone else has to step in and create a whole other show in order to, to fix this character. Uh, it's sloppy. Which is great. It's fine. If, if Anakin is, is, you know, is good in other stuff,
0: no, i that's not what i'm I, I mean that's not what my argument is. He is really cool in the Clone wars and stuff and and he is reframed as more of a hero in that. But no, I think he's a tragic villain in in the six Star Wars movies, you know, the prequels and and the original three. and he he kills the emperor like he he saves the day in in the end. you know, yeah, he makes continually bad decisions. but like, if we're comparing him to Kratos in this match, like Kratos did shit for like hundreds of years, right? Like he was waging war. So like Darth Vader had 20 years of bad decisions. Kratos had like whatever decade, like way longer, let's just say of the same type of like world changing bad decisions based on.
3: Still got decisions to be made.
0: Yeah. Kratos has more of a tail, you know, like, and that's it. You know, yeah, I'm, fine I'm fine with saying like Kratos is still has a, potentially a very long runway to like save the world. You know, potentially um, where you know Anakin's gone. Spoilers. So what? I'm cool with. That, <laughs> um, no.
1: kills an emperor, but then another one raises up, and it's not like it's. I don't know. Star Wars is silly, but that's just. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll give you that. I hey, I'll give you that.
3: Fully involved, but. <laughs> okay. But my vote is for Kratos.
4: Kratos. What is Mike?
0: I'm Anakin.
3: You Anakin. All right. Well, Don't
0: two you verse know.
5: three there. Did Mike? I guess Mike's Kratos, right? Oh yeah.
2: Oh, I, I thought know. I convinced Eric, you. Damn. Eric didn't convince you? you? I was waiting.
0: I, a, I, was, waiting. An- uh, Anakin, Anakin, I was waiting. Anakin, you'll uh, put. I plugged
1: his door in right here. Over <laughs> I don't
2: know
1: how Damn, bro. All <laughs> right. He pushed bro. You have no business on this. List. I already got an oar. I'm off of the 64. There should have been someone else who had a spot. Right. But right. he got his name on the bracket. He should be happy about that.
3: Let's, I let's picked Soko for Anakin, so I had to, uh, you know, make my decision there, and uh, I don't want to see any more Skywalker shit. Uh, I do want to see more Kratos, so that's how I made my decision. Good choice.
0: All right. All right. All right. Well, uh, Mike's doorknob over Anakin uh, to round two. Now, Kratos, the god of war, defeats Anakin to go into round two to face one of... Either George Costanza from That's Seinfeld, shit, or man. Peter Parker from the MCU. So match the century. This is, um, you know, as with our stipulation, this is the Peter Parker played by Tom Holland in the MCU. Uh, not wow. all of the other depictions of of uh, Peter Parker. Uh, so. Just, just so that's out there, and it's this is the George Costanza, uh, played by Jason Alexander. So, so everybody- before we
5: start this sweaty debate, so sweaty, what does George Costanza and Tom Holland, Peter Parker have in common? One thing links them: a hundred bezel bucks. If anyone gets it, oh boy,
0: um, New York City. Yeah, they're both from New York. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably go to the uh, same bodega.
5: Um, uh, let's say a person. Let's say a person they have in common.
2: Huh.
3: Elaine. Mm-hmm.
1: Julie Louis-Dreyfus, yeah. It,
5: it's, Marissa, it's, M- Marissa Tomei. A, yeah, Marissa oh, Tomei, you're right, right. yeah. There you go.
2: About wow. and May the
1: there. Good. George. George is Uncle Ben.
5: And May.
3: Oh, dude,
5: full Here we go. I love it. George, Uncle Ben. All right. Love it. Oh. George oh
0: wins.
3: Yeah, that would be nuts.
0: <laughs> okay. Who who picked Peter Parker? <laughs> he was he a throw in. He was an extra. Yeah, it was Josh a, in the lightning round. Yeah, Josh okay. was a lightning round for Peter Parker.
4: Like, he almost got rid of him, too. Oh, well, he yeah. Tried. He, almost, he almost axed all three. I want Peter Parker in there. I'm just going to say right now. There's no argument that I'm going to get for Peter Parker that's going to make me not pick George Costanza.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Those things happen.
0: I just think we've seen so many Peter Parkers, and he's such a great character. He's such a, like, a a cool character. Spider-Man has really cool powers, uh, and his, his characterization of, like, just like a teenage high schooler who... He doesn't have the, like, privilege of a lot of the superheroes who are just kind of, like, in a bubble. He has to deal with, like, teenager shit. Um,
3: answering to his aunt about where he's been.
0: <laughs> yeah, just all of that. And he's got the tragic backstory, yeah, Uncle Ben and, and all that. Like, all the superheroes do, but he's just so much fun because he's a teenager and because he, he has to deal with... And they, they do it so well, at least in the first movie of, like... Like the villain is his girlfriend's dad, you know, big you know, big plot twist and great scene. It it's so it's so good. And I think Yo, Tom God. Holland's version is kind of just definitive. He He's the only one who's like actually a a teenager. teenager, Um, Yeah. yeah. And (laughs) and he he doesn't have to act. He's got that like I mean, he's a good actor, but I mean he doesn't have to act like Peter Parker. I think he just is like he's become in the same way that like Robert Downey Jr. has become Iron Man, I feel that Tom Holland has has become Spider Man. He's just that precocious, like fun loving kid. Um, and that's just who Tom Holland is. Like, if you watch an an interview or something, like he's he's just Peter Parker, and um, that's
4: very much the very character Peter for Peter Parker. Yeah, but
5: yeah, I love Peter Parker character, but he doesn't play the that character right now. You're right. Uh, he's the definitive one. Yeah. You know he's uh you know
4: he's George one. and
5: Peter are a lot alike. They got went through a lot of tragedy <laughs> in their
2: lives.
5: Will me break it down for you? Hold on. You know. The responsibility know. of managing the the Yankees—it's got to be astronomical.
2: But he he the lost his gets.
5: he lost his fiance. All right, like he lost someone he loved. It's
2: true.
5: Um, he's got I a dad.
2: Younger,
5: that, so. <laughs> he's got a dad and mother that's really hard to, you know, do anything with. School, uh, he's yeah. got two terrible friends who are, you know, uh, not only. Narcissists themselves, but, you know, barely think of George. Uh, he's got a hard, hard life. George Costanza. I love George. You know, in, in, in George's words, there is no bigger loser than him. Some, <laughs> I have to agree. I, I sympathize with that.
1: He's the lord of idiots. <laughs> George is just a pillar of sitcom comedy. Like, he is yes. the de facto sidekick or you know supporting character whatever you want to want to label and
2: lines uh, from George have stuff I use every day
4: like
0: I am and <laughs> Serenity now yeah, of course, that's, yeah. not, that's not
4: even yeah. his line we that's even his
2: Summer of George just uh, so many uh,
4: worlds colliding <laughs>
2: right, right. And Jason Alexander, uh, the the character is is based largely on Larry David's life, which is <laughs> insane in its own right. Uh, but uh, Ale- Jason Alexander just gives it oh the light, yeah. the and the just the crumminess that it needs, and the <laughs> the, the narcissistic nature and the self loathing and and. And the overconfidence when you shouldn't have any its at all. Uh, he, he just brings a smile to my face when I'm just, just thinking about him. Uh, I don't know what that says about me. But,
4: uh, Seinfeld's just such a tour de force of a show in itself. Oh, absolutely. You should check it out.
3: I guess I should because the little bits that I get from George... Are just kind of like, yeah, he's the Lord of Idiots. He's he's a big dummy.
4: Yes, he he's very big. He dummy. Really is.
5: <laughs> Kayla. Yeah. It's not a lie, if you believe it. <laughs> I mean, this is the man
2: big who dumb avoids
5: dumb. the breakup, like, <laughs> just so we
1: can have a date, like, to a to a business dinner, like, thing.
2: Oh. No. <laughs>
3: Does he like do good stuff, or is he just a big dumb dumb?
4: No, well, well, Seinfeld's a, a show Gary? about like the worst people, like ever. <laughs> yeah. Like they're all horrible people, <laughs> but it's just
5: you love you love to see it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, it's
4: just
5: it's so time. ridiculous. Time. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, he is not your
5: friendly neighborhood Spider Man. He is the opposite. Kramer's probably really, honestly, the best person out yeah, of the. No,
4: but Kramer's like completely selfish and oblivious to yeah. everybody else's like needs around him. He's true. It's true. Just it's as true. Bad yes. as the rest of them. Yes. Yes.
0: It's classic hero versus villain, uh, right Absolutely. here.
4: <laughs> Peter Parker is fighting George Costanza on the streets of New York. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Man, I, I knew this major. was going to be tough sledding for for poor Peter Parker. This is it's a tough major. matchup for him. I know that uh, <laughs> George has a lot of lot of supporters out there. I I would make one plea uh, to the fact that, and I've made this argument on on other characters, but I think George works as a part of a great ensemble cast. So does Peter Parker in in some senses, but I think he can carry. The movies where he's alone as well uh, and I want to see him continue to carry that spider-man character um I would watch just you know spider-man doing whatever he's got to do without any of the other Avengers um I don't know that I'd watch the george show
2: well, there's
1: been 10 11 seasons of a george show with curb your enthusiasm it's basically yeah. a george show and and it's it's still like it's that character but Larry David, Larry
2: David <laughs> actually plays life. himself <laughs> like, uh,
1: and there's moments that, like I love just George going into Steinbrenner's office with <laughs> all this silly shit that he does Like I I, I don't think he needs Jerry or Elaine or, or Kramer at all I, I, think he's, <laughs> I think
4: George is a communist <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: I think I would enjoy Seinfeld but um...
4: it's so good
3: you got to dive. You got to put both, you know, you got to be in it. You got to put both feet in it.
4: Oh, yeah. Oh, I've, I'm I'm in it.
1: I'm, oh, baby. Oh, I live it. I swim. Every day. Every day. <laughs> I've terrifying. dipped my
3: toe, and I, I ain't jumping in.
5: I mean, the candy bar lineup. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, as much as I love Peter Parker... I don't love Tom Holland's Peter Parker as much as oh wow. maybe maybe oh, the other Peter Parkers. Um, That's impressive. You know, and I, I'm a huge Spider-Man fan. You know, I one of the uh, one of the few Marvel like actual comics. I actually, I mean, this, we're not talking about the comic. We're talking about. I'm just saying, is generally comparing yeah. the Peter Parkers. I think I related the most out of stands Peter Parker the most. You know, there's a lot of tragedy in and those stories he writes, and the most human, and, uh, it feels, like, kind of like a Batman situation with Peter Parker. Um, it just, you just get more of Peter, and you kind of
4: really... He's still very much, like, a, a regular day-to-day person, like... Yeah, very normal, right? In, in the Marvel, like, exactly.
5: universe. Um... He has all this power, but he's still fucking dirt poor, trying to live in new york you know it's
4: uh it's just a guy trying to do the right thing you know it's it's yeah. the uncle ben adage you know with great power comes great responsibility and it's portrayed very well uh but you know it to me just they it, it can't hold up against costanza <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I agree with your guys' arguments for him especially the tom holland one you know the fact that they finally got a teenager to play <laughs> teenage peter parker um uh, not that I didn't enjoy the other like interpretations, but like Seinfeld is just this thing, and like George is like he stands out, man. Like I love his character so much. Uh, you know, there's there's a reason I picked George to be the president of the United States. When we were doing those <laughs> random questions. <laughs> like George is like George is my favorite character in Seinfeld.
5: He's a, he's a great Spider Man for me, but I think he's. Is not is yet to be a a a fantastic Peter Parker for me yet, but that's just my opinion. Gotcha.
2: Well, he has been a
1: fantastic Peter Parker. I love his relationship with Tony, Mm -hmm. Uh,
3: his friend Ned. That's just a fun little bit.
5: I think the characters around him make him a better Peter Parker than he actually is. Mm. But that's that's just me.
3: Scenes by himself uh, where he's like. Just with the AI trying to follow the magic stuff, the space, stuff. space uh, stuff. He's all by himself, or when he like goes out and just like sweats, like I just I gotta save the day, I gotta stop them. But he's like just this fucking teenager in sweat, hey, <laughs> And like not even safety goggles, like dollar store <laughs> costume goggles.
4: <laughs> it's real, you know, it's like like, the idea that, like, you know, if you're suddenly bestowed with these powers as a kid, you know, how would you go about handling it, you know, without any guidance or any, like, you know... Like, nobody, nobody wrote a fucking, like, playbook on that, so...
3: He's just, like, so innocent and adorable. He's, like, making those videos with uh, Happy when he's, like... <laughs> Uh, doing Army. the internship or whatever. It's just so funny. It just makes you laugh. He has fun quips all the time. And that's the thing of Spider Man. And he does it very well.
4: Absolutely. Like, um, I'm not trying to take anything away from your guys' arguments. Like, yeah, you're 100% right. I you're love right, Parker. Right. I love Spider It's hard when they go up. Yeah, like, this bracket gen- has just been. Fucking blow for blow, <laughs> like it's, I I think it's probably the most evenly matched we've had so far, um. Uh, but uh, I, I I gotta go with Costains. I gotta go with my boy Georgie. Georgie Porgie baby. Parker. Parker. Summer of George. Summer of George. <laughs> oh, it's, only, it's always Summer of
2: George. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Come on, no! <laughs> George Costanza over Peter <laughs> Parker. Man, that was that's a that's a monumental battle right there. They they came down to blows. And, the whole uh, this was almost oh. the George Costanza bracket. <laughs> <He was laughs> I wanted him to be a one seed. I, mean. I I voted for him to to be a one seed, but uh, but Rust got it. Um, deservingly, deservingly. Maybe yeah. they'll uh, you know. Play in the semifinals or something. We'll see.
4: Maybe. Uh, oh, God.
5: Power, George's neuroses took down Peter Parker. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> you love to see it.
3: Can you give me a rundown on who has moved forward? Oh, yeah.
0: I'm going to do that. So, Rust, Cole beat Kirby. Ellen Ripley beat Erdnot Rex. Mare Sheehan beat Jules Winfield. May Borowski beat Bender Bending Rodriguez. Tokashira Surumi beat Jolie Bindo. Arthur Morgan defeated the boss. Kratos raged all over Anakin Skywalker. And George Costanza lucked out and no, beat please. Peter Parker. George has no luck.
4: If I lost the boss and Costanza in the same podcast, (laughs) I'm quitting.
0: (laughs) I think Costanza's got staying power. I I think he's got staying power. I'm calling it right now. Costanza's winning this thing. They will join 24 other contestants in round two Which will be the next bracket of nonsense episode. We are down to 32. We started with 64. Man, that was fun. Round one is done, 32 left, half are gone next time we're gonna get it down even further is there gonna be some some s- Ryan calls them uh sweaty moments I think There are gonna be some sweaty <laughs> moments uh I'm a sweaty boy
5: <laughs> sweat lords unite man I'm so proud oh, of us
1: Anakin's gone we <laughs> <laughs> the balance has been brought
2: oh we'll, my God
1: no matter what happened in this thing uh all is well all
3: right. as long as you have <laughs> me in your life you have Anakin in your life just so you know that <laughs>
4: but, but not, in you know,
2: not, not in the bracket
4: yeah like on the record Baylor will commit genocide for Eric's <laughs> behalf. so
0: oh, so on that note folks round one of the bracket of nonsense is done thank you so much for listening we'll get to round two Real quick, as always, please check us out on social media, subscribe to the pod, leave us a review, leave us a comment or a question or a poll on Monstars, our Facebook group. We'd love to hear from you, or we'd love to hear your voice on anchor.fm slash of nonsense. You can leave us a voice message, and I'll put it on this pod. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for Mike. Ryan, Tomas, and Kayla for being here. I'm your host, Eric. We're wrapping up and we're saying goodbye.
2: I hate sand. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful.